You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 132. How many of you have started a small business from a class or a new hobby that you learned? Today's guest shares how her wedding inspired her to learn letterpress. After discovering her passion, she opened up her shop. Take a listen to Casey as she coaches us into believing in our dreams. Hi, Casey. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat. I love to feature creative artists on this show. Can you tell me how you found your passion for stationery and how that led to your business? So I've always been a creative person. And I, when I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do as a business, I was trying out a whole bunch of different things, sewing, knitting, crochet, all sorts of things like that, but none of them sort of felt kind of the right way to go business-wise. And when I was planning my wedding, this was back in 2009, letterpress was huge for stationery, and unfortunately it was out of our budget. So I went and found a, a class. I was living in San Francisco at the time that did introduction to letterpress stationery, and it was just immediately like, oh, I love this. It's the perfect kind of combination of hands-on, like getting messy with these old machines and then this beautiful, you know, final product. So from there, it took me a while to finally kind of get into building a business. But once I had started, it was like, that was it. That was where I was going. And it's been, I started my business, I'd say properly, kind of towards the end of 2012. It's been 10 years nearly that I've been running it. Okay, that's great. I find it so interesting that you said that you tried a lot of different things because as creative people, sometimes we have many passions. And Mm -hmm. what I found for myself is that I would, like you said, maybe try crocheting. And then I thought, you know, do I really want to crochet like 500 of these blankets when it (laughs) takes forever? And I love the idea of trying all these things and then kind of sitting with it for a little while because it's easy to get excited and then start a business and then realize, oh, I don't want to do this for hours on end. But when it's something that you really, really like, I think you found your thing. It doesn't seem like a a job anymore, right? It seems fun. Yeah, no, exactly. I think for me personally, a lot of the other creative things that I had tried, it was a bit like what you said with, I enjoy doing this for myself as a way to kind of wind down, but could I see myself actually wanting to do this over and over and over again? And I think what I love about the stationery, especially because what I tend to mostly do is like note cards and stuff like that for people use for wedding stationery and thank you cards and that kind of stuff. And it's the similar process, but it is so different every time based on all the different factors that people choose. And so I like that there's so much variety in what I'm printing, even though it's a similar end product. Yeah. So the technique is maybe similar, but the end product is completely different for each person. It's also working with the old 
the old presses. And mm-hmm. uh, I, my, I grew up, my dad was a woodworker. And so I grew up in his wood shop, helping him out with the tools and doing all that kind of stuff. And so I loved with, with the letterpress as well, having that combination of getting to work with the machines as well as then making this beautiful end product. Um, That is quite delicate, I would say, in some sense. Well, what is the process like if somebody wants to order a product from you? Is is it completely custom? I did go on your Etsy site and it looks like you offer some things that look more like cursive or more like a handwritten font. And I just, I was curious to know like, well, geez, how do you get that into letterpress? So it's an interesting mix, I guess, of kind of the the old technology with the newer technology. So all of the design is done on the computer in Illustrator. And then I send the files to a woman who creates the printing plates for me. So they are like a photopolymer. So then, and so instead of using the handset type, which does come in lots of different fonts, but a lot of the more modern calligraphy that's quite popular now uh, you can't get in in the metal fonts so right. i prefer to do it with the photopolymer printing plates and then okay. you just use those on the press in the same way that you would with the okay. with the handset type but i did start okay. in the, in the classes that i took when i first started it was all the handset type and that kind of thing but you have to yeah. have a lot of space to store all the different fonts and and <laughs> right? that kind of thing so and it's it's you know it's messier and dirtier and just you know for where cuz i run my business out of my house so using the plates that i do is an easier process as far as all that goes. And does that still provide a little bit of an indentation like the old letterpress does? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, yes. I think okay. in some senses, you can push it a little bit more because with the older type, there's a, you know, if you press it too much into the paper, you risk damaging the the metal. And then, you know, like that letter wouldn't be usable anymore. Whereas with the plates, I do keep them. So if people reorder, you know, I can use it again. But because you're making a a new one for every job, then you can kind of press it into the paper a little bit more to get that real letterpress look and feel without worrying about damaging the type. What do you feel was the biggest struggle that you had in starting your small business? I guess I can go into a little bit with the self-doubt here, but for me specifically, it's been a lot of just doubting myself, wanting to do new things and then not feeling like I was ready or good enough or a lot of comparison, that kind of thing. Those are the biggest struggles that I've had with my business. The other thing for me is time. I've been doing my business basically part-time around my kids since I started. And so there's always been, you know, oh, if I only had more time, I would have been able to do X, Y, and Z. But with childcare and all of that, I mean, it is what it is. I think the hardest thing when you're trying to juggle 
running a business and also raising kids is that sometimes I think that balance is so difficult to find. It's nice that you're able to do both. Yeah, I mean, it's not the only reason I've stuck to it, but one of the reasons that I've continued on is because it has given me so much flexibility and freedom to be there for my kids and do the school pickups and drop-offs and the activity, millions of activities that they have, especially, you know, at the end of the school year. And so, you know, I think running a business and having that flexibility and freedom has just been amazing. When I had my younger one, being able to take the time off and saying, I don't have kind of an employer that I have to answer to. I am choosing to close down my shop for a little while so that I can focus on our time together and then trust that it will be there kind of when I'm ready to go back to it. ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers for a reason. With ShipStation, you can print all of your labels from one place. If you're like me, you're probably selling on more than one platform. ShipStation seamlessly integrates all of your sales into one place. So all you need to do is print your labels. Get a 30-day free trial when you click on the link in the show notes. ShipStation. Make ship happen. When did you realize that you wanted to pursue coaching? So that came about, I'd say about two years ago. And as I was looking, my youngest son was getting up to the age where he was going to be starting to go to full-time school. And it was then at that point where I thought, okay, do I want to go full-time into the printing or do I want to explore other options? And I I love the printing. I'm not ready to give it up, but I wanted something that offered a little bit more connection to people. So I looked into coaching and I really loved the process and that kind of thing. So I decided to pursue that as well. So I did training. I've done a couple of different trainings over the past couple of years and always knew that I wanted to work with other creative business owners because I feel like I have such a connection and a lot of experience. And you don't have to obviously be an expert to be in something to be able to help people. But I think having that similar experience or knowing what it's like can help me to connect with people. Well, what do you feel is the biggest struggle that a creative person constantly runs into? I think there's a lot of self-doubt, lack of confidence, lack of trust, not trusting that they know how to run their business, if you know what I mean. Like I know that there's always things to learn, but not just being able to make a decision on the business and say, okay, I trust that I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to make this work. And then things like procrastination, perfectionism. I think that shows up a lot with people, with me and with people that I've worked with, getting caught up in those really small details and then not being able to actually move forward and do the things that you want to do in your business. Sometimes the procrastination is just a way of maybe pushing 
things out a little bit further so you don't have to actually take the leap. You know, you want to get that thing just right, whether it's the logo, the tagline, the website, whatever it is. And I think, uh, you know, ultimately what we're fearing is that rejection. Once we put it out there, no one's going to like it or, or respond to it. But what do you think is the best way to overcome having that type of adverse reaction to wanting to open up your business? I think for me, the biggest thing has actually been awareness. Like so much of our kind of internal thoughts and the way that we react to things and the things like procrastination and all that, we're kind of unconsciously just doing. We don't even Mm -hmm. realize that it's happening until afterwards. And so building up an awareness of why you're doing what you're doing can really help to be a great first step in choosing to do something differently. So I find a lot of journaling can be really helpful. Like, why did I found that I was procrastinating today? Why was that? Why was I doing that? What was I trying to avoid? You know, what was I protecting myself from? Like you said, judgment, but there are other things like rejection or Mm -hmm. uh, failure and even success. Like that can be quite a scary thing for people because it can be out of their comfort zone. And so, oh, if I'm worried about this product actually taking off and doing well and not being able to handle it, then Mm -hmm. I won't actually do what I need to do to put it out there. Right. It feels like we're born with a certain level of confidence as kids or when we're younger and slowly we start to lose it in some areas. And then it feels like we might grow our confidence in other areas. And I think like you're saying, tracing it back or trying to see what you're really trying to avoid is probably the most helpful exercise you could do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's not a quick or easy process really to to understand all this, but once you do realize like, oh, I'm doing this because this is even a belief that my parents held that they passed on to me or, Mm -hmm. you know, something just in society tells women that we can't do X and we hold on to it and it affects what we do. So yeah, just building that awareness and then realizing that the more that you do that, the more that you can kind of catch yourself earlier and earlier in the process, if you know what I mean, so that you can say, oh, you know, I'm doing something today that feels scary. So I know that I have a tendency to procrastinate. So what can I do to to stop doing that before it even happens? That's kind of, I think, the end goal. You know, you're never going to get rid of self-doubt. That mechanism is always going to be there because it's like inbuilt into us. But how can Mm -hmm. you build the tools to say, okay, now I'm not going to let that part of me be in control anymore. Like I'm going to let this other part of me, the one that has the dreams and the goals, that's the side that I want to listen to. 
I can't imagine getting to a point in life where you look back and you think, well, geez, I let fear or judgment or rejection hold me back from my dreams. So um, Mm -hmm. sometimes we look at coaching, I think, as something that's just an extra. But I think if you're really in that stuck position, it's almost necessary. It's not really something additional or, or fluff on the side. It really feels like it's something that's integral so that you can achieve these dreams. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I know from my own personal story with the with my printing business, I look back now at all of the things that I wanted to do over the years um, that I didn't feel like I had the confidence to do because of the self-doubt and the worry and the fears and all of that. And it does makes me sad, but I got to a point, you know, I'm in my 40s now where I just was like, I'm tired of letting that part be in control. Mm. And, and so getting coaching and being coached and, and learning the tools and the processes and helping other people even help, you know, doing stuff like that is, is big for me personally, because I learned so much from working with other people. What services do you offer? Or can you tell me what a coaching session would look like? I offer two kind of main coaching services. The first one is 30-day intensive, but it's like a a session where somebody comes with kind of one thing that they're feeling really stuck on. And we have like a 90-minute sort of deep dive into that issue. What sorts of things are they doing? What are they not doing? What do they want to be doing? They leave with kind of a plan to take action. And then there's like follow-up 30 days later with support email or something like that in the middle to try to to do just one kind of thing. And then there's longer term coaching, which is like a four months where you come in with a goal or, you know, just even there's a feeling like something's not working. There's something that I want to be different in my business. And that is a lot more Deep. So it goes into the stories that you're telling yourself. So it's each session is different just based on where in the process the person is, what they're specifically working on. There's visualizations that we do, there's different tools and activities and that kind of thing that I provide for people to use between sessions. But a lot of it is planning out actions. What do you want to do? And how can you do that in a supportive way? And then as it goes through the coaching, it's just to try to build that trust in yourself. Like I can take these actions. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay if I procrastinate. I think the awareness sounds like it's just the main key to be aware that you're, if you're aware that you're doing something, I think you can then give yourself permission to keep doing it. And because now you know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're aware of it and, and you're accepting the reason why, because otherwise it just feels like you're a victim to this procrastination all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and there's a lot of talk about uh, self-sabotage and that kind of thing. And I think that can be quite not helpful, really, because I like to think of it as there's a part of you that's trying to protect you. And so, you know, obviously, the actions that you're not doing, 
with, with your with your self sabotage, you're really protecting yourself from these things that you feel that you don't feel comfortable doing. And so reframing it as that I think can be really helpful. Casey, can you give me a valuable piece of advice that you've learned from or about being an entrepreneur? The most important thing is just to listen to yourself, to trust that you know what's best for yourself and your business. And like I said before, there's always things to learn, but getting into that loop of always feeling like you don't know enough. Yeah, but actually trust that you probably do know. Can you tell me how we can connect with you? Yes. So I'm on Instagram and my handle is at C-A-Y-C-E dot Eastwood. And my website is CaseyEastwood.com. Okay, perfect. Is that for both Etsy and the coaching? No, my Etsy shop is Cerulean Press. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you, Casey. (laughs) I really appreciate you being here today. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed chatting. Well, there you have it, my friend, another talented CEO sharing her passion and encouragement with the creative world. I love that Casey's business started as a money-saving project for her wedding and developed into her business. Visit the show notes to connect with Casey. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 